Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms, and thank you uh, for taking care of us. You know, I'm going to be making my phone call this afternoon to uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona, to talk to my mother, and so I hope you plan to do the same as well. Not my mom, but your mother uh, sometime. Uh, my name is Tim, and again, I want to welcome you here at our campus here at Greater Alton. Um, we're talking about moms today, obviously. It's Mother's Day. Preachers all go through this every year. What are we going to talk about? How do you talk about mothers? And and uh, today I want to talk to you about what you can learn about God from a mom. And uh, you know, it's funny to me, uh, I notice, uh, if you want to get out your notes, what I notice is is that the Bible, when it talks about God, uh, it uses family terms, familiar terms that we all can identify with. Uh, things like father is probably the most popular thing. That's because he's called the father. In fact, God is identified as in masculine terms. He's called a father, a prince. Uh, he's called a warrior. He's called, in some places in the Bible, he's called a groom. And so you have this idea that God is, is, is more of a mas- more of a masculine or a man type masculine terms to describe his identity. But what I find interesting is, is that the, the best traits of God, many of them are described from a feminine point of view from a motherly point of view. Let me give you um, a couple of examples. Here in Isaiah 66, verse 13, God says this to His people through the prophet Isaiah, I will comfort you as a child is comforted by its mother. You know, I, I know that... Um, I don't know how it is with your family, but growing up, you know, uh, if I had a splinter, my dad could pull it or my mom could pull it. I chose mom. Mom would give me a little sip of Seven Up. I don't know why. Here, you need a little Seven Up. I practice that to this day. Well, uh, if a little child is sick or a little is distraught, I say we need to get some Seven Up. Well, we have some Sprite. Oh no, 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 no. Seven Up. You've got to have that little little shot glass of Seven Up. Did he say Seven Up? Yes, I did. And so, and so I. And so I give it to them and they, they guzzle that down. To, oh no, sip it, sip it. It's important. Why? My mother did that. My dad would say he'd just get the pocket knife out and look like a Civil War doctor ready to hack off the finger. It was just different. And mother's touch is different. Uh, I've been told this, that many often, often folks, we marry our mother. I don't want to freak you out, but I can tell you that my wife has exactly the same touch as my mother. Exactly. It kind of makes me freaky every once I'm going, man, yeah. You know, she holds my hand. And if I've got a splinter, uh, I take it out myself because my wife is more like a Civil War doctor. I don't, I'm going to admit, that's a truth. My boys come to me when they, have a splinter, when they were kids. That just ruined my point. But the point I'm trying to make is there's nothing like a mom, right? And and it is, and he says, "I'm going to come and comfort you, like a mother comforts her own child." One time, Jesus is praying above the city of Jerusalem. He loves this town. It's it's Zion. It's where the temple rests, and it it's where God's people are. And he's above on this little mountain range, and he's praying over Jerusalem. He starts to cry, and look, notice these words. He says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stoned the prophets, those sent to you." You killed them and stoned them. How often I've longed to gather you like what? 
like a like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you won't let me. Now this this year, uh, little Prairie Bible Camp, we're looking at all the lessons at primary week are going to be on a bird of some sort, and this actual passage is going we're going to be covering this passage that God longs like a mother hen. What a character here! He longs to get. You ever seen chickens like this? You ever seen a mother hen with her chicken or little chicks? I grew up on a farm, and man, you didn't mess with them when they were setting on the eggs, man. They'd peck your hand right off. You had to be careful. And But then the, the babies would be hatched, and how comes the, the mother, and, and here come the little chick, beep, 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 and they'd get out in the out in the chicken yard, and I remember she'd put little banny hen, little bitty thing, put her wings out, and they'd all run, I'll never forget, they'd all run under her wing, and then you'd see her heads popping out every once in a while, boop, boop, through the feathers, looking to see, Oh, there's, some, there's a dog Boop, back under mom's wing. Why? Because it's warm. It's protection. It's safe there. And, and the mother hen was always close by. And so you get this impression of this motherly trait of God saying, oh, when the Son of God says, I just wish that I was close to you. I wish you would let me. I want you under my wings. I want where it's safe and warm and protected. But she just stubborn. He won't do it. You won't let me. Hmm. God always wants to be close, doesn't He? He wants to be close to you and I, just like moms do. Now, then I found this passage in the Old Testament uh, that I want to talk about today because I think it's a marvelous passage, very encouraging passage about about a, a God's love, like a mom, even deeper. It's even deeper than a mom. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. See, uh, God's people, Israel, were under Babylonian captivity at this time. Things weren't good. They'd quit singing, hardly worshiping at all, empty prayers. They used to be a nation. Now they're scattered because Babylon has come. You know, God warned them, if you didn't straighten up, I'm going to bring it down on you. I'm going to bring a hammer down. And sure enough, because they would rebel and they'd be stubborn, God disciplines out of love by sending this nation, Babylon. And it just takes all these people away. And, and Isaiah, he captures the just the flavor or the the environment of God's people at that time. They all, they've assumed, well, you've forgotten us, Lord. You must have forgotten us because this doesn't look like this is going to end. But look what God's response is. He says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you in the palms of my hands. And your walls are ever before me. All those powerful stuff here encouraged me so much. I'm needing encouragement today on Mother's Day. And Mom, you know, you remind me. Mothers, you remind me. I was standing next to Cassie Danius and wanted to just whisper in her ear, thank you, Mom, for taking care of me. You know, because moms, that's what you do. You you take care of things. Good moms do. Even in this passage, you know, you get an impression that maybe some some moms aren't so hot. They forget sometimes. I know right now Mother's Day brings a mixed bag of emotions in this room. Am I right? For some of you, you had the best mom in the world. I mean, she was the best. You'd fight to defend that statement. She was she was a great cook. She she fixed all your boo-boos. 
She was strong, compassionate, spiritual. You know, you, 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 she's like like having Mary Poppins for a mom, practically perfect in every way. And with the rest of us, it wasn't like that. Our mom messed up. I'm gonna forget my mom. I'm gonna make this call uh, this afternoon. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to make it before Dandy does. I want to be the first one to call. You know, if you're the first one, you get more inheritance, is what I've been told. So. <laughs> Every Mother's Day, have you talked to Mom yet? I have. I love saying that. He's going to beat me because he's got an advantage right now. He can text her right now. But, I, but I, you know, it's like, and I just, every time I talk to mom, every year I'll call her, say, Happy Mom's Day, Mama's Day, and she'll go, Yeah, I remember when you were born. I remember what it was like. You know, you were, you were a good baby. And you just start talking. And he goes, And Tim, and, and she'll say it sometime in this conversation. She says it every year. I just, I'm so glad. I don't know how you guys turned out the way you did. Because Tim, we just lived. She always says that. We just lived. You know, she knows. She was. I made mistakes. My mom, my mom was a working mom, so she did. She wasn't, and she wasn't a very good cook. My grandmother, her mom, amazing, but my mom got like a C in home ec. You know, she just wasn't. We survived. We survived, okay? I eat everything on my plate still today. You know why? Because if you didn't eat everything on your plate, someone else would grab it and it would be gone. And my mother would work. She worked. She was the head secretary for Johnny Manufacturing Company. And uh, Sam Korak was the owner. And she was his personal secretary. And she kind of run the place and made sure everything worked. If something went wrong, our house would... The phone would ring. Sam would say, Riddell, we got to get this done. And she'd have to stop what she's doing. She'd work long hours, come home exhausted. My mother didn't keep the cleanest home. You say, well, I can't believe you're saying this about your mom. Well, let me explain. Three boys. Do I have to say anything else? Three boys and a husband who acted like a boy too. He didn't pick up her clothes. We cooked ourselves, but we didn't clean up after ourselves. So the house wasn't always in great shape. Mother's Day presents for my mom consisted of, let me clean the kitchen. And she'd start crying. Really, you're going to do it this year? You know, it's like, wow. Yeah, I really will. You know, I, I just want, my mom wasn't perfect. And she'll admit it. But I can still be grateful for having a mom. Mistakes and all. There's not a perfect mom in this room. Am I right, Mommy? You'd say that, of course. But I'll tell you what, we can learn a lot from you. Though you, he says, though you may, they may forget. In other words, Mom, you may not get, have it always right. You may forget something. You may overlook something. He says, my love is deeper and I'm going to use your love to springboard into explaining how deep my love is for people, for my children. I love deeper than a mom, more than a mom. Well, how? So, how, how's that? How's that work? You know, what can I? What can my mom or what can a mom teach me about God? Well, first, God wants a special bond with me. He desires this special bond because it is a special bond. 
There's no bond that exists like there is between a mother and a child. You say, what about a husband and a wife? Mother and a child is an amazing relationship. And Israel, again, has gone through the ringer. God's warned them. And now he's, he's turned to, into, into discipline. Jerusalem is a mess. Small towns or towns all over Israel. Are, their walls are caved in. The Babylon's have invaded. They've taken over. They've scattered families, scattered people. And they begin to go, I wonder if God's forgotten us because it just doesn't look good. I wonder if God is even thinking about us at all. And He says these words, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? He says it in verse 60. Is, is it even possible that a mom can forget? It was so rare, but it could happen. It could happen. You know, I thought it was interesting. I found out this morning. I'm looking at this. I'm always trying to find little tidbits or something here. Uh, I'm always working on sermons. The Hebrew word for compassion is the word, it means merciful, but it also, we get the word womb from. A mother's womb. And so he's saying that, you know, how can I not have compassion? Because you were inside my womb. I gave you birth. It's a connection like no other. And see, mothers can only give this to their children. Dad, I know fathers and sons, and I know I don't know what it's like between a father and a daughter, but I've heard it's really amazing because every time I see them walk down the aisle at a wedding, they're both blubbering. I get that. I see that. And Dad, you know, you and I... Yeah, we've got, we got some, don't we have connection? Yes, we do. But nothing like that mother and that child. Look, it says in Psalms 94 verse 14, the Lord will not reject His people. He'll not abandon His special possession. I don't know what it is, but I've, I've seen it, I've seen it twice. Within seconds of birth, something amazing happens in the delivery room. Yes, you, you hear screams of pain and tears of pain and push, push, and Lord knows what else you might hear in the delivery room. You did this to me! You know, things like that. But all of a sudden, after that child is born, the screams turn into laughter and tears of pain and tears of suffering. All of a sudden, tears of joy. You're, and... And they're, they're looking at each other. I've seen this. It's an amazing sight. And they're holding, she's holding this baby and this instant connection is taking place. See, we don't get that, dads. You know, they used to do, they used to give birth in America without us or even around. You know that, don't you? This Lamaze stuff. Yeah, I, I started having kids when the Lamaze, I don't know when it started, what, 60s, 70s, the Lamaze class. And we all go to the class. And then, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm, here's my wife and she's going in like this and what are we doing? You're going to learn Lamaze. So what's Lamaze? Well, well, your wife, as she gives birth, you're going to help her. Oh, what am I going to get to do? Now, how do you motivate a man? I'll tell you, you give him a title. You're going to be the coach. 
got to remember, years ago, you were in the locker room. You were, you were in a room waiting and they came out and told you, you have a son, you have a daughter. And that's, oh good, alright, cool. You know, now you're going to be in the game. No, no, no. You're going to be in the room. And we're giving you the term coach. And so you go in, and if you've done Lamaze, you know, you, you teach a, breathing and all this stuff and focal points. I'll never forget that he's is hooked up to this machine and starting to have a contraction with Nathan and and I go, Denise, the, the, the machine is starting to you're having a and I'm looking at her and she's going, click like you idiot. I'm telling the machine and the machine is telling you you're a coach. That's all you really are. You're on, you say, well that's good. You're in the game. Not well kind of but you're on the sideline. Make sense? Now there's something going on. There's a special bond between the participants in the game that you just don't get from the sideline. And you still, you are still connected, yes, but mom and a child, that's a whole different thing, see. Because she's feeding her or him with her own body. Dads, we don't do that. And all of a sudden, these motherly instincts that they that every mother's worried about before they have their first child. They wonder, am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to be what I need to be? And guess what happens? As soon as that kid's born, all of a sudden, there's this switch that's this switch, and they've become this, this motherly instinct starts to kick in. And they don't, I don't know if they even can describe it, but it's just there. And next thing you know, they, they're holding that child going to hold their baby. Nobody's going to hurt my child. You want to get mom mad? Get between her and the child. Look at the Bible says here. Hosea 13.8. Here's what God says. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I'll attack them and rip them open. Wow. Man, God, what's going on here? Anybody that messes with my kids, I'm going to mess with. And then some. And growing up on the farm, I noticed this. Little banny hen got its chicks. If I got too close, guess what? This little banny hen I could kill with a club in a second. It's running to attack me. And guess what I'm doing? I drop my club and take off running. Scared me to death. Geese. We had geese. You never want to be bitten by a goose. You know why a mother what a mother goose does? You say, well, what's it like? I'll tell you what it's like. Happened to me several times. They bite you and then they twist. And you got this big old bruise on your leg or wherever they can get a hold of. It's not fun. Danny tells me a story one time. They were climbing. Were you on the Tetons, Danny? Not Tetons. Pike Peak. You were hiking with Pea Green? Huh? Yeah, the Tetons. He's hiking up with Pea Green. If you don't know who Pea Green is, you can ask him. They're walking up this path and they get between a mother and it's cubs. P. Green was the fastest runner in school. My brother's worried. Because they're footing it. Trying to get away from this thing. Because they know what could happen. You get between a mother and it's cubs. Why? Why are pigs this way? Why are birds this way? Why are animals this way? The same reason mom's this way. Most moms are this way. 99.9% of them are this way. Because there's a special bond that they have like no other. This doesn't describe how God feels about you. 
this morning, if you're missing it, I want you to know God feels the same way about you. He has a special bond with you. And He wants to be close to you. Look what it says here in James 1. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word. And we, if you're a Christian, He says, and we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. Like I said before, I know Mother's Day is a bag of mixed emotions here in this room. I know that right now. Why is Mother's Day so tough? Because of that bond. Whether you have a mom that was great or a mom that wasn't, that bond is what makes Mother's Day sometimes so tough, so difficult. It's your relationship toward her too. That bond goes back to you, from you to her, not just from her to you. And I want you to know this morning, whatever happened, whether you had a good mom or a not-so-good mom, God loves you more than her. God has a deeper love than the mother you have or have had. He promises to never leave you. You know, sometimes mom overlooks some. You know, one time Denise and I lost track of one of our kids. It happens sometimes. Even the best mom. God says, but I won't forget you. And I won't overlook you. And I won't leave you. And pity the person. Pity the person that picks on you because they're going to have to deal with me. See, there's no one, no one that cares for you like your God. Praise God. That's what I, that's what I learned. Second thing is, God understands everything about me. Is it me or I just how's it possible that moms seem to know everything? You know, I'm a boy. Young boys get into mischief, and mom seems to figure it out. How's she able to do that kind of stuff? They notice stuff. And they're quick, you know, I, I what is I don't know when it starts, but I know that it wasn't just a day or so after my children were born. Denise said, one would cry, and Denise goes, oh, he's fussy. Would you go just bounce him a little bit? Or, oh, he's hungry. Would you bring him to me? Or, oh, he's, he's mad about something. You know, Matthew used to pass out. You didn't know. He'd get mad and pass out. She would know the difference. They all sound the same. And she'd say, anger, hungry, mad. Fussy. Oh, uh, that cry means we need to change the diaper. What? What? Do you, do you go to school for this? No, I just, I just know. How come you don't know, Tim? I don't know. I'll tell you why. You don't pay attention. That's how moms are able to do this. They didn't go to school, but they do this. They pay attention, and they're able to know this stuff. We have nine kids in our small group right now. Nine kids. And we have them down in the hole in the basement somewhere at a house, you know, close the door and hope, you know, and all of a sudden you hear, and one of the moms goes, starts putting her Bible away and getting up. I'm going, how do you know that's your kid? Oh, I just know. The other moms don't get up. They know it's not their kid. How do they know? They just do. I believe mothers could have a career in the FBI. 
because they're incredible interrogators. Nathan, huh? Who broke this? I don't know. Denise? Yeah. Step aside, Tim. Let me show you how it's done. Nathan? Yeah? Who did this? I don't know. You're lying. How do you know he's lying? You work for the Gestapo or something? How do you know? He's lying. Just look at him. Watch him. My wife, watch his eyes. They dart. Now I look at my wife as straight as I can. Try not to dart those eyes. You know? And watch his feet. Watch his feet. He begins to fidget. He'll do that kind of stuff. I go, I didn't know these things. You just watch them. I, here I thought you went to school for this. No, Tim, just watch. Moms know everything about their kids. I know we like to think we fooled by our moms. Sometimes they don't tell us. Because you don't want to give away all your trade secrets, see. You know, when we were at war with the Germans and we knew where their subs were, we didn't sink all of them because we wanted to, you know, not give away the whole truth there. No, moms know what they're doing. They can read minds. A mother's intuition is powerful. They asked a mom one time with 12 children who she loved the most. And she said, the one who is sick until she gets well and the one who is away until he gets back home. Moms think about their kids all the time. Even the ones that are not so good. And like a mother, God says to His people here in this passage in Isaiah, your walls are ever before me. That's what He says. What's he mean? What's he trying to communicate here? He's saying, I know what you what you went through. I know the walls around your cities are broken down. I understand what you're going through. I see it. I it, do, it doesn't escape me. I'm not overlooking it. I'm not ignoring it. I see everything and I understand how difficult it is. David says this about God. And just ask yourself if this doesn't sound like a mom sometimes. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. How many times, moms, have you called your children? Or how many times have you... Let me do it this way. Let me do it the other way around. How many times have you been up to something and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's your mom? Yeah? What's good? Nothing. You're right in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. How does she know? She just... How many times my sons would say, Dad, Mom called. What was going on? I was about to do something I would have regretted. And I know how many times Denise would say, I'm just going to call Nathan up, or I'm going to call Matthew. Why? I don't know. I just feel like I need to. So, what's going on? How you doing? Where are you? How do they know this kind of stuff? David says, His God is like that. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me, and you're there. How many times have we, have you ever said, oh, mom, come on. I need my privacy. And then you're ahead, and, and you're, and up ahead, you're there too. It's like you're everywhere. How did you hear about that? How did you know that so quickly? And then he says this, and here's how David feels about 
God being like a mom to him. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much. Too wonderful. I can't take it all in. He said, I'm just so thankful that you love me this way. See, God understands everything about me. Nothing escapes His observation. He sees what we're doing. And He's constantly calling into our life. Constantly making those calls. Just as we're about to do something, we get this this urge from the Holy Spirit. What am I doing? Should I do this? What's God doing? I think I'm going to call Tim up. What are you doing, Tim? Huh? What's going on? What? Praise God we have a God that understands us and is that interested. Is that interested in you and I. And number three, God will not give up on them. The only thing about a mom I notice is you know, sometimes I think they're loony. And then I begin to understand. What do you mean, Tim? Well, it's like they see, they, they just are always for their kids. Their kids can be a mess. I've talked to some of us here before. And your kids are a mess. But, you know, it's not like you don't recognize it, but you just refuse to leave it that way. Because you want them to, you, you just, can they do wrong? Yeah, but your attitude is, but I know what they are capable of doing. So you keep praying for them. You keep encouraging them. You keep believing in them. You don't give up on them. I was looking, doing a little research on Al Capone. You know, Scarface, Chicago. He's the guy that was the mastermind behind the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And his mother, Teresa, would say, He's such a good boy. He's killing people. He's a good boy. He's, they put him in Alcatraz. Guess what his mother mother does? Judge, you got to let him off. He's a good boy. He's had good behavior. You got to ease up on the sentence a little bit. Get him out of that Alcatraz. The rock. I can't see my boy. I want to see my boy. And and on and on, day after day. Finally, they okay, just to get you to shut up. And they move him to another prison. My mother knew what I was up to and knew some things about me. But you know what I love about my mom and appreciate about her? She always believed in me. Always believed in me. Even when I was in the middle of screwing stuff up. See, mothers long for their child to turn things around. And they, they have this stubborn vision that they began to have when they first held that baby in their arms. And that stubborn vision is that they are good and they're going to have a good life and they're going to have a blessed life and they're going to be successful. And I don't care how they're acting right now. I know them well enough to know that they will finally turn it around. Am I right, mommies? And God says to His children, when they're not at their best, He says these words in this passage, Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And I want you to notice something. He says, you know, moms aren't perfect. Some moms aren't. And they may forget, but I won't. And he says, I want you to see something. Look at my hands. I've engraved you in the palms of my hands. You guys ever been looking for a piece of paper to write something down? You can't, so where do you write it? 
in the palm of your hand. I don't write it here. There's lots of room. You know what I'm saying? I don't write it here. I don't write it here. You know, why do I, I don't write it on the back. I write it in the palm of my hand. Why do I write it there? Because I don't want to forget it. And whenever you're doing something, you see your hand. You see it there. Your hands aren't always doing this. Most of the time they're like this. They remind you. During ancient times, during this time, it was a common Jewish custom, a custom of many cultures. They would take a sharp instrument and what some would say, cut into their hand a design. Maybe it's their home. Maybe it's their property line. Maybe it's a a person, their wife, their child. But they would do that and with little dots, you say like a tattoo? Exactly like a tattoo. And then they would take ashes from the fire, cold ashes, or any kind of dye they could get and rub it into those little holes so it would stay there a long time. So that whenever they were working, whatever they were doing, they remembered what they were doing this for and who they were doing it for. God sees Israel's condition. And this isn't the first time Israel's been a mess. Generations and generations of up and down. Israel would be faithful, then unfaithful. Faithful, then unfaithful. Just like everybody here in this room. Moments were pretty good and moments were just not, not so good, huh? Up and down. Up and down. Back and forth. Now, I don't know about you, some people would write you off for that. Go, man, I, I can't take it anymore. I can't take the drama. I, you know, either one way or the other. I just quit back and forth in me. And, and God says to these, this generation of people, these people that seem to go up and down, back and forth, He says, look, I have not forgot you. You may think you're worth forgetting. We can't be consistent. I can't, I can't seem to stay the same. I'm always reverting back to my old ways, Lord. Well, you, you must have given up on me by now. I can't. Can a mother do that? Possible. But I can't. To prove it to you, I want you to look at my hand. Look what I've engraved on my hand. Not your name, but you. You I put in there. Everything I'm doing, I'm thinking of you. Every time I use my hands and I feel the pain of that, I'm reminded of what I'm doing and why I'm working and who I'm working on and for. Do you see them? You wonder? You doubt? Look at my hands! Look at my hands! It'd be 700 years later the Messiah Himself, Son of God, would walk on this earth. And He'd look around at a world. The empires would come and go. The Babylonian empire would be gone, and here comes the Persians. And after the Persians, here come the Greeks. And after the Greeks, here come the Romans. And in the middle of it all was God's people. Back and forth. Back and forth. Faithful, unfaithful. Faithful, unfaithful. And here He is finally showing up Himself. And He sees the condition of the world and says, I'm going to do something about it. And He is on a cross. Put in a tomb. And comes out of that tomb in three days. And when He sees His disciples, He says to them these words in John 20, put your finger here. See my hands. Look at my hands. What do you see? I often wondered, why weren't the wounds of Jesus healed after His resurrection? Why are they still open? Why is that? Is He wanting to remember something? Or is He wanting you and I to remember something? That by His wounds, we are still healed. I love Chris's Lord's Supper. 
The blood of Jesus is still forgiving me. The blood of Jesus is evidence that God is still for me, still working for me, won't give up on me. And this morning, if you wonder if God is done with you, you may have good reason. You go, I think God ought to just chuck it for me, man. I, I've messed up so much. Or I know people that... Listen, I want to tell you, God does not give up on you and He doesn't give up on them. In His hardest work, He cuts into His hands you and I. In the Lord's hardest work, He's remembering you and I. And I'll say this to you. No matter what God is doing today, what He's up to today on Mother's Day, I'll let you know this. If He's busy in any way, be assured of this. He's remembering you. I'm thinking about, I don't want to forget to call my mom. But see, I need to make another call. And that's to my God. And thank Him for loving me deeper than my mom. Sacrificing more than my mom. Who loved me like my mom and loves me the way I am, but loves me too much to let me stay that way. He wants me to grow. He wants me to change. So this morning... As we close this service on Mother's Day, again I say thank you, Mom, because you remind me, you really do remind me of how God loves me. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. And I want to encourage you to give your mother a call. If she's around, give her a call. But make sure you call the one who gives you life. You make, a, you make a call today on the God who loves you more than a mother. You have a response card in your bulletin and it's just simply a card. Maybe there's something you'd like to, to express. Maybe there's someone you'd like for us to pray for. I want you to use that. as we, We're going to sing a song and give you time to do that. And then uh, after that song, we're going to sing one more to close out this service and send you on your way. And uh, we'll turn in those cards as well as our contribution. If you're a guest here, we want you to know you're not under any obligation to give. We're not wanting money from you. We want to give you something. So let's pray and we'll be through here. God, thank You for loving us more than, than a mother's love. Oh, there are times when, when you know, uh, we just wonder, have You forgotten? Have You forgotten us? Do you think of us? And Father, we, we realize now that You think about us all the time. Father, thank You for understanding, for getting us. You made us, so it makes sense You could understand us. And Father, we thank You for, we thank you for this, this special bond as a believer that we have with You. And Father, we know You want it even more. You wanted it so much, You sent Your Son to die on the cross for us. God, help us be help us be grateful children this morning. Well, not just to our moms that we have that we're physically here by, but, by, but also to be grateful to You. Father, I know some people here 
their relationship with their mom isn't very good right now. Father, I just pray that they don't let that definition mar or distort how You feel about them. That they can find extreme comfort. Father, if our mother can't be here to comfort us today, Father, let Your comfort comfort us like a good mom. And Father, thank You for not giving up on us. Every one of us here could probably point to a time when, oh, people shook their heads and some with skepticism. Many of us here could can recall times when we we thought, why, why even try anymore? And yet, there you are, just waiting patiently, longing to bring us in close like a mother hen. Oh God, help us not refuse you. Help us not refuse you. But to let you love us. To let you be our mother. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.